is the Entertainment Beyond Podcast with your host Jensen Dean Jackson and Alan Weinstein, bringing you all things relevant in pop culture and entertainment. We will be with you weekly, at least, talking about movies, politics, music, and all things in between. So check us out. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We are here for episode 100, and we finally were able to move some things around to do a live cast, motherfuckers. Episode fucking 100, live and in fucking person. If we were a TV show, we would have reached syndication, which means that anytime you play our shit, you got to pay us. Unfortunately, we're not a TV show, but we still hit 100. It's a big celebration And in light of that celebration, since I haven't had one in a while, we were able to wrangle an unofficial sponsor. And today, Alan, we've both gotten to try the unofficial sponsor. fucked up an open bite already. (laughs) (laughs) The unofficial sponsor for today is Mountain Dew Thrashed Apple. Because you don't just want green apple or apple. You want an apple that's been thrashed to death before being shoved um, into this can. And so, you know... As always, you got to get that that nice crack because there's only one. You can seal it back up, but it ain't going to pop. It only pops once, and we got to go in for a sip, Alan. Very apple-y. I feel like I just got thrashed by a whole basket of apples. <laughs> right? Feels like a whole apple orchard in my mouth. Tossed around and thrown out the back of a truck. Smashed on the cement. Thrashed Apple Mountain Dew, boo. All right. So today, as promised, for anybody who pays attention to the official Instagram of the podcast. Special thank you to our three loyal listeners. Three loyal listeners. Shout out. Uh, You would know that we are doing Marvel's Hawkeye. And (laughs) why'd you look at me like that? Marvel's Hawkeye, and I guess it would be Disney's Star Wars. They ain't George Lucas's. Right. And uh, we'll start out with Hawkeye, you know? And so you start out with one thing I, want, I would like to say, you know, that's a big applause for this series is uh, I don't know if you know her, Alan. Haley Steinfeld, the young actress that plays uh, Kate Bishop. I'm familiar with her. Yeah, no, it's been. Uh, it's been. Fun to watch her because she started acting fairly young. I think first time I caught a glimpse of her was in um, Pitch Perfect number three. So she was still like, is that a teenager pretending to be uh, right? a college? Like, that's different. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. And so to watch her where in this series, like, you know, you watch someone and you feel the same way with your own kids. You watch them grow up. At a certain point, you realize an adult, but in your eyes, you still see them as children. Sure. And so it was nice to watch Miss Steinfeld uh, grow up on screen, so to speak. She's, uh, her comedic timing is there. She's, she's affable. She's got charm. She's got all the it's that you would want in, in an actor. Um, so this show starts out with young Kate Bishop. And this is... Uh, takes place during the battle right. of New York, which was like, what, 2012? Was I guess, shit, yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, <clears throat> you get to see 
after some some uh, some lovely mom and dad <laughs> shit, you know, normal parenting child relationship stuff, the battle starts to take place in their big ass house in New York. It's a very very large house. Very large house. Uh, starts crumbling and coming undone, and basically, the short of it, you get to see. <clears throat> From a different angle, and uh, part of the movie with Hawkeye that was actually in the movie, you get to see that from a different angle, and then that's where uh, young Kate Bishop forms her love of not only archery but Hawkeye. Which, if you ask a lot of people, he's like the lamest Avenger. The why is he there, <laughs> Avenger? Uh, and then you, you you know you just get like it, it's a typical kind of origin story. At least the first episode where you get her. Having her tell her mom she wants to, she needs a bow and arrow, she wants to start training. And this is all like, you know, she dealt with grief very, very professionally because she lost her fa- father in the Battle of New York. Uh, and that's, that's uh, in the past. So then present day, you have her. It's 10 years later. Or 10 so. years later. Yeah, actually, yeah, because. Right. Well, I guess... 2022, right? I guess in the Marvel Universe, we're in like 2022, 2023, but for us, this came out in 2021. Right, so it's like nine years later. But it's supposed to be like ten years in the time. She's approximately nine to ten years older. Yes. Um, You have her, what was that, the challenge with the, the... the bell at her college, right. which gets her. I think that was right before her winter break. Right. There's not not a whole lot going on in the beginning, and that's why I've always said it's a little bit difficult to, especially when you have a series like this. There's only six episodes. I'd rather just, you know, go for the gusto and watch the full, you know, go through the gauntlet and then give a retrospect of the whole season. Because with any show, whether you're doing Six episodes, ten episodes, or for some god-awful reason, 23 episodes. <laughs> uh, the pilots, those are the ones where they're, like, testing out all the shit. Especially if you go back and watch, like, the pilot of Smallville. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you know, uh, good luck getting some people <laughs> nowadays to, like, commit to ten sure. seasons of that just off a of pilot. So it's always a little bit dicey to uh, just be like, yeah, I'm going to give some opinions on something, some concept that... Isn't completely flushed out, but you know you get the stuff with Kate Bishop. There's always a until until they come together in later episodes. It's I think one or two episodes of Kate doing her own thing and and Hawkeye doing his shit with his family. And, you know that <laughs> he's kind of got that dad syndrome of I'm just going out for one more pack of cigarettes. No just, doubt, just he definitely has that look in his one eye. More time, he has that look in his <laughs> eye for sure. And so you get that. I mean, it's just a, it's an introduction to a new Marvel legacy character, as well as uh, the starting, the beginning of redeeming one who hasn't really, you know, up until the Hawkeye series came out, if you asked me uh, Green Arrow or Hawkeye, I'm like, I'm going to go with Green Arrow. Like, he seems, you know, sure. he's got a little bit more edge on him, seems a little cooler. And then after this, you know. He's definitely more well-known. He's definitely yeah, more, definitely. You know, uh, At least mainstream. in terms of cinematic iterations. But by the end of this series, you know, I was thinking myself the whole time, that last episode, like, yeah, I'd definitely pick Hawkeye over Green Arrow now. Like, I didn't know if this fucking white boy could get down like that. <laughs> Shit. Well, Jeremy Renner's a good actor, so it's not a surprise that... I like him. He's an actor. Not to say he's a good actor. I'm saying that he's he's there when he needs to be there. I think he's a pretty decent actor for the most part. I mean, you know, there's a lot of actors out there that leave a lot to be desired, in my opinion. A lot of good actors. A lot of actors that are considered good that are not. I think he's a little bit above average. So, 
I, you know, I enjoy them. I'll be fair. In classic Mr. Entertainment Beyond uh, fashion, I uh, have not completed the whole Hawkeye series, the whole daunting six episodes oh, that, that, that stand in front of me that have been there for like four months. <laughs> so I can give you all the great excuses, but I mean, I watched the first one. Um, and again, you know, I've mentioned this in these podcasts before. It's probably an indication somewhere subconsciously of how much I enjoyed it or not because I haven't gone back to it. I think I enjoyed it. I mean, it felt like it was okay. And at the same time, you're right. Hawkeye's kind of one of those super sub characters that it's kind of weird that they're going out of their way to uh, take time to do, you know, the behind the scenes on, but it, or an origin story on. But at the same time, I guess, you you know, you it's all about money, so you do what you do and hope that people watch it. And, and I guess, you know, to be fair, it's not like he's really representing anything that's underrepresented because he's just an old white guy. But, I mean, for... Archers are underrepresented. Uh, archers are underrepresented, that's right. No but one has the respect for the true level <laughs> skill it takes to be an archer. He's there representing hard. all the C and D tier superheroes, you know, so I mean, I guess that's kind of good, you get to see those guys that, In a different light, yeah. Sometimes we're not all fans of just the Batmans and the Supermans, sometimes we identify with the Hawkeyes, or whatever or like the third stringers, if you're a football fan. You know, the Natasha Romanoffs, or whatever. Uh, I I feel like she's she's more of a second second string. She's definitely a backup, yeah. But, um, and so this gives you that opportunity, it's nice to see them shine some light sometimes in some of those, you know, unknown characters. At the same time, you're right, I mean, who really cares? And I haven't seen, like I said, beyond the first episode, so I assume it probably gets a little bit better. But it gets it gets even better. It's a shame because there's a character that shows up from the Daredevil series. You know, why am I? In, you're not gonna watch it. Fucking Vincent D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk shows okay, up. Okay, Kingpin shows up. Yeah, All but right. it's like it's six episodes, so they're talking about a big guy, and there was rumors. You know, if you're like me, you're always behind the scenes, behind the peeking scenes. through curtains and shit. Mr. Insider. Yeah. All the way inside her. (laughs) (laughs) All double entendres intended. And uh, there was scuttlebutt or chit-chat about uh, Vincent D'Onofrio coming back. And right after seeing uh, myself, seeing Charlie Cox in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, like, there's no way that they're not going to, you know, no way, homie. You got to do it now. Right. And, uh... Why was they even talking about that? I lost my train of thought. But, oh, that was in, in support of saying, like, watch it. Like, it gets better, but, like, I, I think ten episodes yeah. is a perfect happy medium. Like, six, you just start, six episodes of TV show, I'm going to use this analogy, is, like, getting right on the cusp of coming, and then be like, I'm not going to come. <laughs> Just never come. Like, just keep building six episodes. Just jump off a cliff. Assuming it doesn't deliver, of course. I mean, you can deliver in theory in six episodes. Hey, many babies have been born in three pumps. I mean, you <laughs> That's know. true. So, I, I mean, mean it does deliver in some ways. But when you have Vincent D'Onofrio, a character that if you watched, you know, a good amount of the three seasons offered. Sure. And most of it, I'm not going to lie for myself, is just to watch Vincent D'Onofrio take on such a great character. And we talked about before, I'm not a big fan of his acting, but that ties back to, you know, an episode of Law and Order where his character did some shady <laughs> shit. You know, some actors for me are that good. I'm like, I just, I'm off them that one, that one time, you know. But it's such a good character that for them, for him to appear and, and at the end of episode five in a cell phone picture... And then he appears sporadically through the end of episode six. He's just like, 
He it feels given like, us like two right, more episodes more, right. of, of this guy, you know? Right. But it's still, in my opinion, no, uh, none of the Marvel shows have been bad, <clears throat> in my opinion. They've all been, they've all been good, you know? The slowest of them all, the one that had me like, like I said before, like I might just, I might just leave. You know, thank God this is in the theater and I didn't pay money for this because I might just leave. It was WandaVision. That's because they were right. it took fucking a long around with their love letters to, to all the different eras of TV that I don't emotionally right. connect with. Yeah, it took sure. a long time to... But once it got but there... But once it got there, it, yeah, by the like, end of the okay. sixth episode, it was like, okay, this is all right. You know, it's Master Edger right there. <laughs> <laughs> Tip my hat. So, yeah, no, I think Marvel's done a pretty good job. I mean, they continue to do a good job and we'll probably talk about Spider-Man, I assume, after... Um, we talk about this in uh, the new Star Wars show. But, um, you know, they continue to do good stuff, and the stuff that they're putting out on the Disney platform um, is good. I mean, it's... Uh, One yeah. might even say that they're thrashing it, not unlike this Mountain Dew Thrashed Apple, the unofficial sponsor of the podcast. Get in there, get out of there, just make sure wherever there is that it's thrashed. Mountain Dew Thrashed Apple, thrash the Mountain Dew. <laughs> And so, what are you? What are you gonna give this? Uh, this well, again, episode? with only seeing the first episode, I guess I'll just rate the first episode. Uh, I'll give it two and a half out of four puffs. I thought it was okay. I mean, it's not great. It's not bad. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe three. Let me revalue three puffs. It's better than. It, it's above par. I mean, it's above average. I think. I mean, I think it's. It's a good. At least the first episode I thought was well written. I think it does a good job of giving you, um, you know, the background that you need to know. You you understand where. Um, Haley Steinfeld's character comes from, and you get. I think they did a good job of not making it too convoluted or too weird. Um, yeah, yeah, I think three out of four puffs, and I'm going to definitely watch the rest of it for sure. I just got to get to it. Yeah, work gets in the way. I'm, I'll give it, you know, I'll give it three out of four puffs. I would give the, uh, to be honest with you, that's what I would give the entire series, having watched it all. You know, we can revisit that, but that's, you know, I'll give it. Yeah, three out of four puffs. It's it's amazing because you uh, pilots are always gonna be the episode that if you go back, no matter what series, you're like, how the fuck did I? You know, I've I've thought it with it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Curb your enthusiasm. It's not any show, whether cartoon or live action, where I haven't gone back and like. How did I? How did they get me into this shit? Like it must have been the promise to next week with their promotion because this is fucking terrible. But the advancement of time, like you know, you know, it's a pilot, but it's uh, it's weird. I guess you could say it's like WWE and their new branding. It's not a pay per view. It's a premium. It's a premium live, live event. event. Yeah, but no, it was oh, good. It. Uh, the one thing I will say is that they don't have that I'm aware of. But then again, I didn't watch it traditionally. You know, I did my Mr. Magic Man <laughs> acts. But as far as I know of, the only uh, after credit scene is at the end of the series. And you do not, you absolutely don't need to watch it. It's like a three-minute production of the Battle of New York with with people. It's It's a stage production. I can't believe that, like... Like the guys in the black suit with their balls all over them, like the real actors, like acting it out in front of no, a green no. Screen, this is like... this is like a New York production. Oh, okay. So you know, it's it's that level of shit. But it's it was something where I watched it, and then I like I felt like, like how did Marvel that just trick me into watching like what the fucking worst thing, <laughs> I've ever 
You know, and I just kept thinking, like, if I was one of those Avengers, like, I'm suing, you know, I'm fucking suing the shit out of you. But you don't need to, I mean, I think there might be more after credit scenes, but just, you know, realize that there's one yeah, at I mean, the end of episode I didn't six. wait after the first episode to see if there were any, I mean, I... You ain't gotta, you know... I'm tired of Marvel holding me through the credits. Fuck you. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just want to get in and get out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that the people that do all the the, the important stuff behind the scenes need recognition. But you're not going to hold me hostage to see their names. No, you actually look at those things? I'm always, like, looking at my I like to make fun of the names. If they've got some (laughs) good ones in there. there. Speed weed. (laughs) Speed weed. There you go. Okay, so next up, we have the book of Boba Fett. And, uh, Alan, you're a little bit older than me, so you probably actually went to the theaters and saw the original Boba Fett. And, you know, it's always funny to me how Star Wars has a tendency through each trilogy set to introduce these badass characters. And I'm like, oh, that guy's dead. Oh, you you wanted a really cool looking fuck? Oh, he's dead. Yeah, we threw him in a pit. Happened with Boba Fett, it happened with Darth Maul, happened with Captain Phasma. It's like they introduce these fucking... Right. You like the lady with the super tall lady with the shiny stormtrooper armor? We're going to throw her in a fire. <laughs> We're like, oh, you like the guy with the face painting the horns? We're going to chop his ass. We'll bring him back later because we realize we fucked up. Like, And that's what I'm realizing about this, like these people that they create these characters and they realize, oh, well, shit, we fucked up really bad. Boba Fett got like the shitty end of the lightsaber. Like, No doubt. He no, looked no. so fucking cool. He caught Han Solo, which up to that point, Han Solo was supposed to be like the smoothest sure, you know, space right, ace. Yeah, yeah no, he was no. a maverick. And then so he you got gotta this be a pretty badass bounty hunter. To you gotta him, be. Right? I mean, you throw motherfuckers in like some kind of stone shit. You know, my young brain couldn't comprehend what carbonite is supposed to be, but it seemed sure. miserable. No doubt. No. And then he gets knocked into a fucking a big Mixed mouse hand. hole. Right. Yeah. The big sand pit. Yep. So. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, Bubba Fett's interesting, and there's some. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. God, I don't think it's part. Maybe it was an after behind the scenes of the show. Somewhere I watched something about Bubba Fett and why they came to make this show and his popularity kind of out of nowhere. Um, being that he was only in a few scenes in the original movies, and you didn't even see him that much, and he was such a second, uh, tertiary, tertiary character, third level character, third, third string, um, and yet people just were like, "Hey, who's that?" Like, and they loved him, and as a result, he became like the biggest selling action figure, I guess, or uh, maybe next to next to uh, Darth Vader, but one of the biggest selling Star Wars action figures ever. Got his um, own cartoon holiday special. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and he became like, he, he just, he, for some reason, people just fixated Connected on Connected to it. And yeah. as a result, now they're trying to, and so it's kind of cool to see all these years later to see the Star Wars universe expand. And again, like we talked about with the, the Marvel universe, the idea that these tertiary characters that you don't get to see a lot because they're not the main characters do have stuff going on in the universe yeah. that we can see their story, like with the Hawkeye stuff. You know, For me, Boba Fett's far more interesting than Hawkeye. Um, I like the Boba Fett character. Um, I, you know, I'm still a little... I'm a little unsure exactly where he falls. Is he or is he not? Maybe you can answer this. I think it's still for me, and I'm a little slow, don't get me wrong. Whether he's a Mandalorian or not. Like, no, he he's wasn't. Not. He, he was just, never... He just ended up with the armor. He's... 
He's a clone. His dad, Jango Fett, right. who's played actually by the same character, sure. uh, wasn't, wasn't even a Mandalorian. Wasn't it Mandalorian. Was, he, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. His father and Boba Fett explains that in The Mandalorian in season two that That's his dad but fought then... with the Mandalorians and they gave him as a... As a thank you, they gave him that armor. But Mandalorian as a concept wasn't even a thing when they came up with the character back in the sure. day. So that that was what I thought had happened to the Mandalorian, as I remembered it. Yeah. I was talking to my son-in-law, and he Googled, is... Boba Fett. A Mandalorian. And according to Star Wars Wiki canon or whatever, yes, he's a Mandalorian. <laughs> Which Star I was Wars like, Wiki is fucking inaccurate. Right, so I was like, what, I mean, I don't remember. I think it was Star Wars Wiki. Maybe it was another one. But whatever it was, I was like, yes, he's a Mandalorian. I was like, wait a second. So so I didn't think that was right. Um, yeah, no, as I understood it, he's obviously a clone of his father, who he talked him into, he talked him into giving him a clone the yeah, as people, payment. Right, as payment yeah, for he wanted them, a normal right. growing clone as payment. No doubt, for, as a son, because he yeah. didn't, you know, wasn't married or whatever. And you live in that bounty hunt life. You're a bounty hunter, hunter, not a booty hunter. <laughs> Can't be both? No. No? Can't bounty that booty? Pretty sure there's some booty out there, but damn, <laughs> if there wasn't no bounty. Right? I mean, you, there was a bounty on, on Princess Leia's head. I mean. But she got, she had Han Solo. She and did. Luke Skywalker. She did, she did. Yeah. Don't remind me of the fact that she kissed her brother. I was going to say the power of kissing her sister. Propels or repels you, Boba Fett. <laughs> but no, I'm glad that, that they're doing this. And, and you know, again, we're back to it's they're doing it where they're releasing it in weekly, episodic, you know, like traditional television used to be before streaming. And Netflix came along where they started releasing things at, you know, a piece of 10 episodes at a time or whatever yeah. it was. Which we've talked about this many times. I'm torn either way. I mean, I like it because I don't have to. I like it because it gives me a break in between, and, and it's kind of cool. It keeps me sucked in, and at the same time, I don't like it because I want to just watch it all. So, But it is what it is, so I'm going to watch episode two for sure. I thought episode one was pretty good. I already saw episode two. Okay. Yeah. I thought episode one was pretty good. I mean, I think they you know they do a pretty good job of... They show, you know, how he escaped from the Starlight Pit, which people, nerds, the world over have fought over, you know, how he definitely escaped. Right. Like, for the longest time, it wasn't ever considered that Boba Fett was alive until the Mandalorian right. uh, revealed that to be truth. But, you know, people have always fought over how he escaped from it. It showed how he escaped. It showed that the Jawas, I feel like Star Wars universe, and some people probably be mad at me, even though these are, like, made-up creatures. But I feel like Jawas are, like, shitty enough in Star Wars universe that, like, if next time I watch Star Wars property and someone, like, wipes out a whole tribe of Jawas, I'm not going to cry. You know? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, yeah, it, they're kind of like, they're, they're, they're certain, fucking thieves. They're the like sand people. I wasn't super upset. The when sand when... people are more impressive and they've given them more uh, agency or, or, or more realism in 3D as a, as a living, breathing organism with the expansion of the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. But Jawas, I mean, they've been true to their colors right. from like... But Shit, I, since A New Hope. I still wasn't upset when Hayden Christensen killed the whole camp of yeah, well, Tuscan Raiders. I mean, they, they were animals, and yeah, I mean, he uh, did slaughter them like animals. Right, yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, the Jawas are definitely slimy. Jawas are little cockroaches. Of shit, yeah. you know. So, like, yeah, I had that thought when they stole his armor after he escaped, you know. Derek Jawa escaped, yeah. Stole all his shit and left him to die. Like, oh, yeah, like, I hope he comes back and just kills all you little fucks. <laughs> 
Like, I've seen some people compare the Jawas the, the to the Ewoks, and I don't think that's very cool. No, the Ewoks well, don't steal. They're nice. And well, they and know how to fight. The Ewoks are not fun or cool in any way, shape, or form. Like, I'm not well, a big cute. Ewok fan. I mean, they're I don't, cute. I mean, I, I wouldn't want one as a pet. I didn't have a problem with them being in the movie or the show, you know, the, the universe, like a lot of people did. Like, they were hated a lot. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, the only thing they're hated polarizing, more. let's put it that way. You either love them or you hate them. The only thing um, hated more of Jar 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 Banks. Yeah, yeah, which is polarizing also. I always liked Jar Jar. Now, uh-huh. I I mean, I guess it's debatable whether his uh, speech is, like is ebonic or not. He sounds like a slave. Beyond that, though, let's just remove the speech. I like his character in general. Like, well, I let's thought... just say that I understand at <coughs> this point in my life what George Lucas was trying to do was the same thing he was trying to do. Because he's always said that Star Wars isn't for, you know, if you're an no, adult critiquing Star Wars, show. and you're missing the whole point because sure. it's not for you. Right, it's for children. It's for children, but at the same time, it's like, you know, eh. There's a certain point, you so know. So here's the thing, like, it comes across that way, and if you view it that way, but I don't think that was the intention when it was made. It's not like, we're going to try to make fun of black people or make this guy sound like a slave. Like, I don't think that's... Maybe I'm, I'm wrong. Sure. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe I'm naive, but I don't think that it's that malicious. I think I it's just, think hey, it we think this is funny. Sounded you know? sounded a little too similar. Sure. To, uh, but but uh, we got off track. Right, right. But to get back... Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, the, so I was saying that people have compared the Jawas to the Ewoks, and I think that's a fair comparison, because I never liked the Ewoks, but I always liked the Jawas. I liked them as far as I thought they were a good character. Good I mean, creature I, design. Right, yeah. I mean, I thought they were much more, I, the Ewoks never really cared for, I understand their purpose, and it's fine, I don't care, but they're just fuzzy little teddy bears that, you know, I mean, they don't, or the Jawas are kind of cool, because they're mean wookies. and savage, and, you know, yeah, they're little Wookiees, I guess, I don't know. I don't well, yeah, no shit, though. the Jawas are savage, they'll leave your right. ass on a desert planet. No doubt. With, like, none of your armor, just. No bare doubt. cloth, yeah. They're... And then insusceptible for Tusker Raiders to come along later and beat yeah, the shit out of them. Beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Take them hostage. They hold Django hostage. Fucking clear why they took him hostage. I don't yeah. know. I guess they just needed... Well, actually, it is made clear in the second episode. Okay. I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay. But uh, I'd just say, based on everything we saw, you know, he he does... And so, the thing that they do... A lot of shows do where they find a device to show you past memories or whatnot, flashbacks. So for this show, I guess, what we're going to have are flashbacks every time he goes to the back to tank to heal. Which I thought was very... It was, it was confusing. To, to, I, I to was start little, at the at the. Well, flashback. I was just a little confused by, is this a flashback? Is this not... Where are we like... And then he was in the tank, and I was like, what's going on here? And I mean, and the screen turned kind of green, which by the second episode, I figured like that's a, the back to juice, and then you flashback and... But it was a little confusing in the first episode exactly what was going on. It bounced around in a way that I didn't think was great continuity-wise in the first I episode. I figured it out a little bit. I, but I also figured out internally like that I'm not going to tolerate. They're like these. You need to come to a resolution of the flashbacks and start going full, full-fledged full ahead story. with, uh, with uh, the, the, the current content. Because there's only six episodes. And for me, I'm already almost three deep, which means I only got three more. Right. So, like... Flashbacks are great for stretching out, like, uh, what was, there was a show, oh, it's like, what is the show, I can't remember, Arrow, uh-huh. but they had, like, the first, you know, five seasons before they right, all the went flashbacks off the deep end, the they're like, well, the, right. it's been five years now, like, you can't really use that in there, oh, we're just gonna create different flashbacks, okay, like, yeah, it, it worked for them, they found a way, but they also are saddled with network responsibilities which entitle like 23 episodes for some godforsaken reason don't know it's, it's a lot faster to reach 
sure. syndication for you the more episodes. No but it's still like towards the middle of the season when they take that winter break, like, okay, you guys are lacking here. Like this don't know what's going on, but this is proof positive you don't need twenty three episodes to tell your story. Sure. Or if you do, you suck at telling the story. Like no, not necessarily, but you know, well, I don't necessarily want to see... I mean, for, for those of us... I mean, maybe Arrow's a little bit different, but at least for those of us that are familiar for the most part with, with Boba Fett and what we know about the movies, if you're just going to show us old clips from what we've already seen, there isn't that much, and we already know that. Like, I don't want to see just a regurgitation of what we know already. The whole point is to show us something new. Like, you know, I mean, if, if all you have is flashbacks and you don't really have anything, like, I hope there's more to it than that. I mean, we'll... We'll, we'll, see, we'll have I mean, to see with, uh, and I'm sure there'll be a season two. I mean, Mandalorian three. season one and two were very good. So, I mean, if, if this is, you know, if that has anything. But that to, also has issues with it where it's like, for me, they need to change up the formula. Well, they're going to have to because Grogu went with Luke and shit and you don't really have that. And so with season one and two, it was a situation where he's just going from one territory to the other. Oh, there's this. Bad guy of the week. There's a problem of the week, and I've got to solve it before sure. I can move on. Or somebody stole Grogu. You know, it was always right. no doubt. I'd like to see that monotony broken up. But and... there was that underlying overall tone of Grogu, and now he's gone. It'll yeah. be interesting to see. I always find it a real um, uh, what do they call it? Precipice of a show, I guess. When what I think of when the as the show begins as the main focus of the show comes to a completion, but yet the show goes on. Where do you actually... So you have to create a new storyline, and the question is, what are you going to do now? It's almost like when a main... Like, the main star of a show fucking decides, I don't want to come back anymore. Sure. And then, uh, but that's different, because at that time, I always feel like you should end the show. Like, with The Blacklist, when the main character, Liz, sure. decided... The actress decided not right. to come back, they should have just... Right. Yeah, it's weird know, to cast like, somebody else and somebody well, else. Well, they didn't cast anybody else. It just I don't know if you watched. What right, happened, she died. Yeah, right? she died. Right. So it's just. But I mean, in general, like as we talk about that, though, it's weird when they recast somebody. You're like, especially they used to do that all the time, like in Cindy or in regular like TV sitcoms and stuff. Like you'd see somebody, you know, you'd watch it for a couple seasons, and then the next season it's like, Mom, whoa, hey, I know her from another show. What happened to the old mom? Like, oh, well, she didn't want to do it, so they brought this one because she wasn't on a show in the meantime, you know. So they do that shit all the time, and it's always jarring. And I, I never liked it. It is weird. I guess it's you know, I mean, it's one thing if you still have a story to tell, and and all they have to do is kind of jump in. It's just a matter of getting used to it. I mean, uh, this is a horrible thing to admit to our three listeners and to a, a fellow uh, masculine male, but I used to watch soap operas when I was younger because <laughs> my mom watched them when I was a kid. And so days of our lives, soap operas do that shit all the time. Like all of a sudden an actor is just gone and here's a new actor, but it's still the same fucking character. Like, oh, I didn't know they did shit like that. Oh, all the time. Like, a, a, you know, someone will be on the show for three or four years and then they decide, oh, I want to go be in Hollywood. They get some movie roles, so they leave the soap opera and they bring in another fledgling star and all, but it's still the same person. It's still Kate Smith. It's so just you mean a new to face. tell me that the character of Stefano from right, whatever, exactly. I don't even know what show He's been like was. four different actors. Oh, Stefano. I thought it was always the same guy. Stefano. Well, it is now. It is. It has okay. been, but he's been different throughout the years. No, actually, Stefano's, you're right. Stefano's the one guy that's always been the same. Okay, Roman yeah. Brady, though, who died and came back as another actor, and then was another actor, and was another actor. Jeez. All Roman Brady's. Well, you yeah. know, these soap operas, the only thing I really understand about soap operas is, like, the same, what, uh, fucking, was it something hot, General Hospital, mm-hmm. something like that. That's been going since, like, I was a child. Oh, yeah, a lot of them have been yeah, going for so, long, 30, 40 years now. I guess it makes sense, because even people like uh, Justin Hartley, who's in... Uh, 
one pretty popular show on a main... Fuck, I can't remember the name. Is it like Us or something like that? Some ensemble cast is mm-hmm. really like... Right. Cornball, sweetheart <laughs> shit. Uh, but he was also in Smallville as Oliver Queen. Yeah, but this is was, Us. Yeah, yeah, this is Us. Yeah, he right. was uh, He was in a soap opera for a while. James right. Franco was yeah. in a soap opera. You know, there have been... A lot of people have gotten their start from soap yeah. operas. I mean, but I didn't know that they were like, okay... We, we, yeah, we, one we day you'll fresh, be Justin Smith, and then the next day James McAvoy will be Justin Smith. I mean, it's the same French guy play Stefano. Still Billy's son, but it's just a different face. It's a totally three, different person. Three seasons later, we'll bring in a black Stefano. Right, exactly. But so yeah, I mean, so you know, generally as a general rule, I don't have you know, it is what it is as long as there's a storyline. But yeah, I, I don't generally like replacing people, and it's tough. Like. You mean you didn't want to replace Baby Grogu with, like, Teenage Grogu? Right, exactly. I mean, it's tough. Like, I understand there's always negotiations and making sure you get what you're worth. And there's nothing worse than a great show and an act and, and the star actor not being able to come to an agreement to continue the show. Like, the show then sucks with the new actor, generally. And I always have this weird feeling about the actor. Like, I, like I, and I shouldn't, but I always do. I tend to, like... Why didn't you want to do that show anymore? And I'm a little pissy about it. Like, because I don't do the dive deep. Like, I, it, and I'm sure it's usually the production team's fault or the person that, you know, not the production team, but the, the financing team or who's ever, the studio that's putting it, uh, you know, as opposed to the actor, because they always want to fuck the actor. I'm always on the actor side in theory in my mind, but at the same time, I get all irritated. Like, so and so didn't want to do that show anymore. Well, fuck them. So, you know, but I, so I don't know. I mean, yeah. The one I, show that does come to mind with this. Like exact scenario of a main actor quitting and then someone else replacing them was uh, Ruby Rose quitting Batgirl, which is if you ask some people, it wasn't even a show worth watching. But you know there were some, you know, one of the first openly lesbian female superheroes with an openly lesbian uh, actor in the main role. So it was heartbreaking to people who can identify with that when she left you know this unclear there's you know he said she said but then they replaced her with a i can't re- i can't pronounce the actor's name but uh they made batwoman black they, they completely changed the dna of the show and the character and it's one of those things is like you should have just like this should have ended with the original actress like because that's too it's too jarring right? sure you know that's for me you know and, and it's comic book so Shit like that happens all the time. It's like, no, that's that's too fucking much. Like, but they they pushed on uh, with property. But yeah, it's a good uh, good example of that. I mean, it's a, another example, and we're gonna get to it as we when we actually get into Spider Man because we'll talk about it. But the the, the one off with Andrew Garfield. It was too uh, off. Too, well, the two off with Andrew Garfield and the Gwen Stacy, and that that storyline doesn't. It never felt like Spider Man to me. Like, I just I know it is. But it never felt like it to me. And and I understand that, we'll, like I said, we'll talk about it when we get into the movie Ooh. and explain how it goes. But I just, it, it had that same feel to me because you'd come with Tobey Maguire so far and then you here comes this other, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, oh, I you can't you just... what they're what, doing because I've got all the insider No, and I get tracks. why they did all that stuff. It's just, as a, as a viewer and a fan, it's like you've taken something that I liked. And to be fair, in hindsight, because he was, and we'll get into this later again, but what I liked at the time in Tobey Maguire and just changed it. Like, you took the whole shit and changed it. And, like, I, yes, I've read comic books, but 
Spider-Man wasn't, to be honest with you, I wasn't overly familiar with Gwen Stacy. Like, I knew who she was, but for me, it's always Mary Jane Watson. Like, that's that's who it is. Like, who the fuck is Gwen Stacy? Like, She's before Mary Jane Watson, but let's right, no, at but least just... rate the uh, first episode <laughs> of... Uh, I'm going to give it three out of four puffs. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do the same. It's, uh... Like I said before, they got to get where they're going, you know. You don't give yourself a lot of fucking room when you only got six episodes. So you really got to... Get to the point. You can't really... You don't have time, you know. You got to get up and get in and get the fuck out. There's no time to fuck around. But it's, uh... At this point, you you get in Star Wars from Jon Favreau and uh, Dave Filoni... And I love John Favreau. I mean, I seem to know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about the guy. I say I love John Favreau. I don't know anything about the guy, you know, as a person at all. But I love his work. I mean, I, I always find that I'm impressed. He doesn't with the stuff disappoint. That he does. From Elf to the live action adaptation of Jungle Book, he seems to understand each property and knock them out of Park Star Wars. He really seems to understand. Right. So it's I look forward to this universe that he's built on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, and so now we can. Finally, get around to uh, talking about Spider-Man. No way, homie. <laughs> no way, homie. That's how I felt about the movie. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't I, be surprised. <laughs> you are like the negative Nelly. I'm not going to pan the movie. I'm not going to pan the movie. I will admit that the funniest thing, though... Just is... remember, listeners, he likes Twilight movies. So, <laughs> the opinion, while, you know, validated, <laughs> yeah, varies. I think I might have mentioned this before, but so the funniest thing is the whole time I was watching the movie, it was replaying in my head with the WrestleTalk guy, Luke Owen, who interviewed Tom Holland and Zendaya for the movie. And he spent, he said, I spent all morning repeating their names in my head, repeating their names in my head, Zendaya especially, because he didn't want to pronounce it wrong because of the accent issue and so on. And so what's he say? He says, hi, I'm here with Tom Dolland. And he, <laughs> instead of Tom Holland, right, I mean, immediately. And he's like, oh, I can't believe I just messed that up. All right in the line. He's like, yes, here, Tom Dolland. And Tom starts laughing. and it's just, So all I can think about through the whole movie was that. But nonetheless, um, yeah, no, I thought it was a good film. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I think it... I say this a lot probably on this pod on this podcast and our three listeners probably think they're tired of hearing it, but I feel like it's on par with the other two Spider-Man movies. I mean, I think that when you're rating them, you know, it's not above or below. I mean, I think it's on equal par. I mean, I thought it was as good as, as Homecoming and I forget the name of the first one, if there was the name uh, of the first Homecoming one. was the first one. Uh, okay. Far From Home far was from the home. second one. So Homecoming and Far From Home, you know... Um, We'll get into it as we talk about the story. There were some things in it that I didn't care for all that much. I, I, I guess to well, put it, can't really you can't really talk about too much because you missed thirty minutes of the hey, movie. Thirty minutes of a three hour, two and a half hour, two and a half hour movie is. I still got the the the, the gist of it. I saw that hour and a half in the beginning and you the saw hour the beginning at the end and the end. Yeah, you missed the middle. Missed the middle, which was fine. A lot of a lot of pivotal shit can happen <laughs> in the middle, you know. Well, you'll have to you'll have to inform me of all the additional hugging that the three Spider Men did. Yeah, they didn't hug that much. They didn't. The the two Spider Men didn't show up until the end of Act or the beginning of Act Three, mm-hmm. and so uh, Act Two essentially was. Um, Spider-Man trying to help out all the bad guys. You right. Know? And like I said, I don't know where you fell asleep in Act 2. But, no, I uh, saw that. I mean, for the most part. I mean, it wasn't like a solid half hour. It was like, you know, five minutes here and then a five minutes here. Oh, my so wife you were waking up and you're like, oh. Like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So why like, wouldn't oh, that be because I'm snoring? And then, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, this, this, there's definitely different acts to this movie, and it feels like there's a couple different plots going well, on. Well, the funny like, thing is that the first act feels like you're still tying up the end mm, of movie two. Correct. And then from act two on, feels like almost like a completely different movie because that. That beginning where, you know, his life is upside down, you can't do shit, because it was, while it was entertained, the way I've always felt about these these Marvel official Spider-Man movies, you know, they're not the bootleg versions, not the right. Sony rip-offs, this is Marvel official <laughs> premium Marvel shit. And the way I've always felt about it is like, if you're, you know, it's hard for me, because I don't want to be a gatekeeper of any of any kind of fandom, that's not my role to play. But, you know, you read the source material and you take it as, you know, religion almost. So when you see it on screen, it doesn't go. The doesn't character drive. jives, you know, <coughs> it starts to feel like sacrilege. And in the comic books, you know, sorry to be, you that know, guy. that guy. But Spider-Man didn't start fucking around with Tony Stark till he was like well out of high school. Like no he wasn't a kid anymore. And the one genius move I'll say about this is like, this Spider-Man to me never really felt like really like Spider-Man until the very end of Homecoming. And it was a very uh, ingenious thing that the director John Watts and Kevin Feige planned out where instead of, because you don't, you, you never hear about Uncle Ben, you know, we were all tired like, hey, you know, I think we feel the same way. Leave Uncle Ben and the, the fucking Elder Waynes alone. Stop killing these white people. Leave them the fuck alone. They've died enough times. <laughs> My God, they've died enough times. So you don't ever get the Uncle Ben, which is you don't get that with great power, that arc that makes Spider-Man who he is. Right. And so the whole time, you know, while I was enjoying these movies, because they're great, at the same time, like, this isn't really Spider-Man, but by the end of No Way Home, which I I had guessed when I heard the title, I'm like, there's going to be some, like, I I thought maybe he was going to get stuck in the Sony universe and there'd be No Way Home. Because all these titles have had a meaning, right. you know, and I, I surmised, you know, and they proved me right. And at the end of the second act, you know, not sure if you missed it, but they killed Aunt May. Right. And yeah. so Peter has sure. no way home, essentially. There's no way <laughs> you roll your Oh, eye. my God. <laughs> wow. And you have to, how much more deeper do we have to read in between the lines? It's a fucking Marvel movie. Give me a break. <laughs> It's but, all esoteric and shit. He has no way home because the only love that he had in his life is now dead. Fuck me. <laughs> but it's true. It's yeah. true. But, uh, no, to get back more on track, the, uh, the first act of the movie does really feel like, especially since the movie picks up right where the last one left off. Right. Immediately. Immediately. I was like, oh shit, we're picking up right where yeah. that last one left off. Okay, then. <laughs> it's like, go. you know, they they took a shit and like, oh, no, we've still got to flush that toilet. Like, man, it's been years, though. Which is, which is okay. I mean, I, you know, I'm fine with that because I think that it helps for continuity. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know if they did the whole... I'm not sure if they did the whole Peter Jackson thing like he did with Lord of the Rings where he shot all three and then just released them no. separate times. Okay. No, they so. filmed. Especially, I mean, they would have, it probably would have helped with the release day of this movie. Probably, probably not. But no, they, they uh, I don't think that they film. I think the only films they've done that with were the Avengers ones where they filmed back to back. Well, it, it, they did a good job of seamlessly making it feel like that. I yeah. Mean, I didn't, it felt like, it, and I enjoy it when it drops. If you're going to do a sequel, 
drop it in right where the first one left off. That's that tends to be my opinion. I'm not a huge fan like fucking Matrix Four. Thirty years later, Neo actually was sixty years later. Oh, whatever, one hundred and eighty years later, ten million years later, Neo's still twenty years old. Can't remember that he fucking was whatever, and now it's you know. I mean, it's like come on, dude. So I mean, I'm much more for like keeping it continuity right yeah. up to the minute. So I, I did like that. Um, yeah, I thought there was, you know, act one was good. I mean, like you said, I think it's the closing of the, basically the, the other, the second movie. And you get the introduction, very small and brief, of, uh, Charles Cox's Daredevil, mm-hmm. which is funny. I was trying to explain it to the woman that I took to see the second time, but I feel like, at least for me, the best time that I have with these Marvel movies is, is always going to be the Thursday night screening. Because it's, it's weird, you know, I did that with Avengers and this Spider-Man movie and Eternals. And you get the, not that you can't enjoy it with just the, the normal casual crowd, but there's something special about, about the diehard crowd. About the diehard crowd where people pop for that, you know, some random dude. And both times, I don't know why the fuck I thought this, I was stoned. But both times <laughs> when his cane, when his, you know, his sensory cane plops down. I'm like, why is someone using a plunger right here? <laughs> and then the fucking camera would pan over like, oh, I'm such a fucking idiot. Because <laughs> you just get the hand and the stick. I'm like, what is this? Right. Pan to a plunged toilet. Yeah, but no, but it's Charlie Cox. But with the diehard crowd, you had everybody hooting and hollering for that. Sure. And then, you know, I kind of, because there is a weird schism between the crowd that watches the Marvel movies and the, the crowd that watched um, the Netflix shows. Sure. And no traditionally, doubt. it seemed like the diehard Marvel fans were not watching the uh, the Netflix shows because they weren't connected. They didn't. They, they would reference, you know, they never said Captain America. They'd say, like, the flag waver right. or something like that. So sure. they were like, it was a weird schism between departments. They were like, we're not going to acknowledge you. But at the same time, you know, the 2012, you know, Battle of New York, like, oh, you mean the event? And like, okay, this right. is weird. And so you have a lot of people who don't realize... How fucking great the the Daredevil show was and to me. Out of all the shows on Netflix, only Daredevil, the best ones for me were Daredevil and Luke Cage. I like Jessica Jones myself. Jessica Jones too, and but uh, for me, was. Iron Fist, and I, I think they cast the wrong Punisher. I didn't really watch Iron me. Fist. I didn't. I didn't really watch Punisher. Nobody watched all Iron of. Fist. I didn't watch all of Luke Cage. I watched you know like the first season of Luke Cage. Season one is definitely stronger than season two. They set up an interesting premise for season two, that unfortunately they're never going to be able to pay off because, uh, yeah, shit happened. They the fucking you know the contracts that were agreed upon they. Decide, you know what? No, we don't want to do that anymore. So sure, but you you're not a. Uh, no one's gonna get mad at you for missing Iron Fist because no one. <laughs> but you know, I mean, Marvel's done to bring it back. I mean, Marvel does a pretty good job in general. They have done a good job. I think there's no denying, you know, the Avengers movies are are pretty great cinema and, and a lot of the stuff that's come in between. Um, you know, whether you like the story or not is always debatable, whether you agree with how they did stuff or not, especially if you're comparing them to the comic books and source material, that kind of stuff. That's always up for debate. But I think when you watch what actually comes out on the screen, it's all been pretty good for the most part. Some better than others, but, you know, for the most part, it's all been pretty good. Um, and I think it's all been, you know, pretty above average as far as films go. I mean, I, I, I can't think of any that I thought were terrible. And this one definitely isn't terrible. I mean, this is a good film. I mean, I, I liked it um, for the most part. I thought that there was... I feel like... But I feel like this a lot. There were definitely too many 
times where we were being forced by the writing to respond emotionally. And I feel that way in a lot. And to be well, fair, that's every cinema, to, that's, to they, they jerk extent. you around to, you but know. There's, but there's ways that you can do it that are more subtle, that you don't feel manipulated, that come kind of in the flow, as opposed to where I think they do it just to get that response. Like, I can't explain it. Like, maybe I'm not being clear, but I thought that um, a lot of the stuff... Like the stuff with Zendaya at the and I'm skipping, but to the end of the at the end of the movie where he had to go say goodbye, I thought that was really kind of forced to make you feel sad. There's ways you can do that in another way that doesn't feel so kind of manipulative on your feelings, at least in my opinion. Well, I mean, I'm I'm Mister Behind the Scenes, and I the bad thing about watching TV and movies with the objective goal of rating it or being negative towards it is that after a certain amount of time, you know, I've been watching movies and TV my whole life. So there's a lot of things that don't shock me. And I figured, you know, that's another, sorry to be too deep in meaning, but that's, you know, friends and family are your home. You know, if you erase everybody's (laughs) fucking memory, you get, it's another way you have no way fucking home. Sure. And uh, I saw that coming as, as a fix for, uh, everything that they'd have to to get to back to square one or whatnot. Sure. And so you know, I mean, but at the same time, I understand what you're saying. But that's every fuck. I mean, George Lucas tried. He tried really hard uh, with uh, with Anakin Skywalker. But George Lucas is he's a great visionary. But you know, you leave it up to the nigga to write script, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, sand is court. Like, come on, dude. What are you What are you talking about? <laughs> what is that? Right. So you know, it, it's a it's a t- t- to quote Beauty and the Beast, it's a tale as old as time, it's a yeah. song as old as rhyme. No doubt. You know, it's 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 emotional. They do the same thing. They try to do the same thing. Every I think every media or art form where you're telling a story, it's the same. You've got the same ingredients. You want emotional like, manipulation. You want to 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 achieve a certain goal. There's a certain level of manipulating someone's feelings. <laughs> right. No. But I you agree. also have to be susceptible like i saw it coming it still sucked to watch that sure but like the scene with happy and him at at, at may's grave not necessary that it was it was sad scene, for a different but that reason. scene's not that it's only there to make you sad they literally put that scene in just to make you sad it does nothing for the story like that scene makes well no it does does do something it further reinstates that you know because i thought when happy showed up like somehow Happy he would, would know who he, he would know who he, who he is. I guess, and he but didn't. since he doesn't, it makes it even less important of a scene. Like, uh, no, that makes it suck. It's like, God, just, but, it, and that's another reason where I'm like, man, they really took their time and like, if I was wearing a hat, I'd take it off and applaud them because that's who fucking Peter Parker is. I mean, in the original content, like his friends knew who he was, but no one knew that he was Spider-Man. Like right. no one really knew him. Sure. And so that for me, that was great to see that. Cause like as much as it sucks, like that's Peter's Parker. No, I mean, like, I like, I mean, I like Peter's it. Parker's Peter's Parker's. I like that he went and that they did that, that they came to that resolution because I'm tired of 
the world knowing who every single superhero is. Like, it you're not supposed to, to like, know. Like, you're not supposed to know that Iron Man is Tony Stark. No, no, to Iron Man is I know, that I know, makes but sense. you're still, re- I mean, you do because he's Tony Stark and he tells you, but I don't like that. Like, you, you shouldn't know that. Like, you shouldn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. You shouldn't know that Clark, and to be no fair, brother. a little pair of glasses shouldn't deceive you from realizing that Clark Kent is Superman. But, but you worked. shouldn't know that Clark Kent is Superman, however you do it. And we shouldn't know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And with the whole world knowing, it's like, oh, it sucks. So, I mean, I was glad that they did that. I liked that. Um, uh, you know, I thought, for me personally, before the Tom Holland Marvel Spider-Mans, um, I, I liked the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. I thought that those were the good ones. Because for me, like you said... Um, even though in the comic books, in the early stages, like, the ones I read, and I don't remember which ones they were, I'd have to look back, he was older. He was already older. Like, he was a little... He was in college then. Right. And, yeah. and, and he wasn't just this stupid little high school kid that, you know what I mean? Like, and so I liked Tobey Maguire's role because he played it a little bit more mature, even though he was... Still younger, he was more mature just because his act, that's how no, he carries No, no, he himself. was older. He was older, but he's movie. also more mature. He just carries himself. You can see that when he's standing next to Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland. To be fair, he's probably 25 years older than both of them. But he carries himself in a more mature way as well. And I'm sure maybe that is just based on age. but just And so I was a big... But after the Tom Holland movies, I prefer Tom Holland much more as Spider-Man. Even though... He's not the Spider-Man that I personally read a lot of, which is kind of the older Spider-Man. I like him better. I And in watching these three together, he's clearly the best actor of the bunch. Tobey Maguire, I thought, came across pretty bad yesterday. I thought, or yesterday, in the movie, as far as, like, if you're comparing Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire's acting skills and as Spider-Man in that film... I thought he was the most wooden. I thought he was the most kind of... He, he felt disconnected almost. Like, I don't know. I, I and, and I don't like Andrew Garfield in general for the most part. And I really didn't like his two Spider-Man movies. But I thought he was better than Tobey Maguire in this film. Um, as far as just his acting and being present. And But Tom Holland by far is the best actor of the three of them. And he's the best Spider-Man. Well, he's got so the... Uh, the best energy. I don't know. I liked... Uh... I like what they did with bringing in all the Spider-Man. I mean, I liked I liked seeing Doctor Rock again. You know, I liked. That, the, there was nothing better than if you were the only thing I was really skeptical. And again, it's just like being true to the source material and the the armor that they came up with for the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Like, was never it never worked. And it, it, you know, one, it never worked for me, especially the mask, and two. It never made sense that you had someone like Willem Dafoe that even when he wasn't being evil, Norman Osborn, he still had, like, why would you want to hide those facial expressions? Like, that makes no sense. When he's evil, though, he's, he's great. He's, I mean, oh, when, oh, when, 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 when Peter, and I'm not even sure if you remember, maybe you were, <laughs> this was during one of your brown state moments where you just browned out. Oh, browned out. You didn't black out, you browned out. Uh, but there's, browned outs. There's fucking a part where Peter Parker's spider sense starts going off, and he can't tell in the midst of helping all these villains, like, why, uh, why his spider sense is going off. And he's going around the room looking at all the villains, and he finally whips Norman Osborn. And Doctor Octopus is like, uh, 
He said, Norman, <laughs> and fucking Willem Dafoe replies back, Norman's on sabbatical, sweetie. And Jamie Foxx is like, what the hell is going on? And right, yeah. Peter's like, yeah, you've been the Green Goblin the whole time. Like, shit like that. It's like, yeah. he made, like, his yeah. coming back, that was... You know, I like Jamie Foxx. I think he's he's a decent, you know, bad guy. And I thought that Doc Ock is a, you know... I know, I like, but there's no one better than I, Willem Dafoe. No one better than yeah. Willem Dafoe. He, any scene any he was in, he stole it. And they <laughs> actually gave him a comic book accurate, even though it looked kind of goofy with the hoodie. Right. Like, the hoodie and the goggles and that. That's, and he had the little pouches and the fucking... <laughs> yeah, he had the hobgoblin look going on. It was fucking great. But just to have him back in that role. And yeah. apparently I was reading behind the scenes, one of his... Uh, main caveats for coming back is that he didn't he wanted to do all the action like all the himself yeah so that fighting and all that's apparently like that's Willem Dafoe well, which like is like 100 you know, years old yeah but uh, you know more power to him I guess I mean hey yeah, I, I would, I, as, as even though I'm not I'm kind of irritated that every time you have the Batman do live action iteration they can't get past the Joker uh, I would love to see Willem Dafoe play the Joker opposite uh I almost said Patton Oswalt, uh, but I meant Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Yeah, I think that'd that be would an interesting. Be... Yeah, I could see that. I as mean, long as they don't cover up his very expressive face, you know. Yeah, that'd but, be uh, very interesting to see. Yeah, to... no, I think. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed. What did you think about the fact? I have a theory that the actors who played, uh, and it's a theory that was online too, but the actors who played Sandman in the Lizard, I think. That they just digitally created. I don't think those actors. I don't think that, the movie, I didn't think their voices and... were in when they had the digital recreation. Yeah, no. Um, especially the one with when they when they heal Sandman at the end. And he I swear to God, yeah, I've seen that know? in Spider Man Three. Like I fucking swear <laughs> to God, they reused footage. Like those act for some reason. That I think they just thought you know it'd be cheaper to digitally recreate them. We don't have to actually pay. But I don't. I don't know. I I definitely didn't catch that. It didn't dawn on me. I didn't until you so said that. It never registered to me. Then like, yeah, I totally missed that footage that they're just like. I We're just gonna, thought it was the actors. The same guys. Yeah. yeah, no, I was excited because that's another one who, if you look like the look, mm-hmm. like uh, Flint Marco, they especially when I saw the first time I saw Thomas Hay in Church, who up until that point, he was only famous in my mind for doing George of the Jungle and Sideways with Paul Giamatti. But oh, he's Lowell from Wings. See, but I'm <laughs> I'm still a baby, so I yeah. don't know that. But uh, they they had knocked it out of the park with that casting. But it was just yeah, no. I feel I, like I they, didn't really I didn't I didn't notice that if it was yeah. Was. Well, if, and that more more better to them as uh, being able to pull off movie magic. But it just sure. seemed, especially since I'd seen it two times, like I didn't catch the first time because I was caught up in the majesty of not finding a way home. Uh, that bacon smells so good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. If you watch it again, which sounds like you probably won't, because you weren't I might watch it again once it's out on, on once Disney. it comes on Disney. It comes I'll out probably... on fucking, well, it won't be on uh, Disney Plus, actually, because it's a Sony movie. Mm-hmm. It's actually the highest grossing Sony movie of all time. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's another issue I have with this, uh, with this, is that, uh, they never had to cancel. Spider-Man 4 could have happened with Tobey Maguire, but Sony put pressure on them to, you know, we want it, you got to do it. You got to rush. Right. And and Sam Raimi had already had some issues with them because he never wanted to do Venom. He didn't like the character. He didn't get it. He wanted to do Green Goblin, 
or New Goblin and Sandman in the studio forced Venom because of how much people wanted Venom. And uh, I think you'll see it was a poor decision making. But then, you know, because of that, then they decided to reboot it and you got The Amazing Spider-Man, which is at the time that The Amazing Spider-Man came out. And this is to get back to what you were saying earlier. Uh, the Dark Knight, you know, Chris Nolan's Dark Knight Batman movies came out and completely redefined cinema, not just comic book cinema, but cinema as a whole. And, you know, sometimes to a detriment, because we're still in that weird hole where we think that we have to be just like fucking Chris Nolan's Batman, dark and gritty. And as a side effect, that's how you got The Amazing Spider-Man, where it's just like, dude, I'm sorry, but that's not that first one where he was like, Spider-Man talks shit to people while he's beating them up and stuff like that, but like, stuff he was doing in the first Amazing Spider-Man is like, this is it's a little too far. This guy's gone a little too fucking dark. Like, that's the thing about Peter Parker. He's always, for as much as his life has sucked from like day one. He's, he's very Superman-ish in his very, far as Well, I wouldn't say Superman-ish, but he's just always very positive. Right, he's always life. the good guy. Yeah, I mean, you he can't never, get him down. He's not dark like Batman. He's not dark and brooding. And he's, he's not, not supposed to be. Right. But these movies, and that's what fucked him up, you know. And then they, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out. Sorry to cut out, ladies and gentlemen, we went up against a time wall. But as I was saying, they rushed The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and they had plans at the same time as they were making Flesh in this Universe out to have the Sinister Six and it, it, it all went under. You know, there were poor reviews for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I personally, I liked Jamie Foxx in the role. I didn't find an issue. But because of Sony's ineptitude at not understanding this property that they have that has like 500 plus characters just in Spider-Man universe alone they had to make a parlay to uh, share the character with Marvel and you know like I personally got into an argument with someone online about their statement that you know Sony didn't need Marvel's help like you know I told him like hey you know idiot actually is like this none of this would be possible without Sony's you know arrogance towards not understanding this character like that to me that's the most frustrating thing about this is that you have these good spider-man movies i'm not sure if he saw venom 2 yet i'm not venom let there be a tiny bit of mayhem because there was no carnage you can't have carnage as pg-13 sure and uh but then you got that and then you got morbius which i want to see like, that yeah i do too but because i want to understand like what's going on you've got pieces from each Spider-Man universe. You know, you've got, like, the original Daily Bugle from the Maguire right. Spider movies. You've got Oscorp from the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. And you've got fucking Michael Keaton from the Tom Holland Marvel movies. So, right. what the fuck is going on? And that's my... Well, it's my... a multiverse, JV. But they haven't been... <laughs> fuck off, man. Like, they haven't made... The, the, the Sony's universe is so fucking messy. Yeah, no, I agree. And I agree. It's, it's like... Uh, which they tried to put a nice little bow on with the whole multiverse deal in this movie. I mean, they, but they uh, didn't, you know. I, like know I, don't, in, I don't think they achieved it, but I think that's what they were trying to do. I mean, I, they bring in, you know, like, like for personally for me, I don't need Sony's iteration of Eddie Brock and uh, and Marvel's Spider Man to fight. I don't even need that iteration of Venom at all because you don't you you, you don't get Venom. Without it, at least I don't care how it happens. You don't need the symbiote to come back on a spaceship with John Jameson, who's a fucking hero son of Jonah J. Jameson. Right. You don't need him to crash land Earth 
the Venom symbiote doesn't need to be stuck to the fucking spacecraft like in the comic books or cartoon. Right. But you need, you need Spider-Man the first. suit to touch Spider-Man. Right. You you just don't get Venom. And and, and that's been an right. irritation. And it was it so it's even more irritating that you get to that mid credit scene and they the the whole reason they had Tom Hardy pop into that universe, which it's not even explained. It it doesn't make sense. Like Thematically, because he pops in, the the moment that he pops into the MCU is right when Joe J. Jonah Jameson has just exposed Spidey's um, identity to the entire, like, planet. But none of that fucking multiversal shit happens until well after that's been so, so it's already a mess. Uh, And then the whole point of Venom popping into the MCU is just so he can leave a little bit of himself behind. So, you know, if if you're going to tell me that then you're going to get a more comic-accurate version, I'm willing to accept that. But then can we scrap Tom Hardy? Please. <laughs> you don't like Tom Hardy? Uh, not as Venom. Not the... the uh... I mean, so far... I mean, I thought Venom one was okay, other than the fact that I think they're missing the whole boat, which is the, 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 the reference to the whole Spider-Man deal. I mean, I think that, you like you said, you can't have Venom without Spider-Man in the way that it needs to be done. Or you can't have Venom in the way it needs to be done without having Spider-Man, without it touching this dude. And I, you know, I like Tom Hardy for the most part, and I don't have an issue with him as Eddie Brock. I just have an issue with the execution of the story. I just don't like the iteration. Anymore. Like, you can you can totally do Morbius without Spider-Man, because that's a guy that, you know, he doesn't encounter, like, they don't really know about each other. Right, no, what is, right. No, you don't get Venom without Spider-Man. It just, it's, uh, I mean, you know. Because all Venom is, is that all Venom is without Spider-Man is just an alien that only becomes Venom another, because he touches the Spider-Man suit. All of Venom's original hatreds and things. Venom is like the If original... he had touched another superhero, he wouldn't just become them. I mean, it just happens to be that it's Spider-Man. He's the original, the reason that Venom exists, he's like the original bitter ex. Sure. Spider-Man dumped him once he realized just a symbiote, you're right. no good. So Venom is the original, like... Single white female, almost <laughs> the one like you shouldn't cross that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we're supposed to believe. So now, I guess what they're gonna do somehow the little bit of venom is gonna travel left, from Mexico to New York and, and, and right and touch Tom Holland. And you somehow. think uh, you think about where 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 Tom Holland's iteration of Spider Man's Peter Parker is at while he's smiling at the and and that 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 apartment. Had the same vibes as Tobey Maguire. It it was like I was it like, did. oh shit, you know, is Mr. Dickovich gonna pop right. out and talk about rent, right? <laughs> but uh, it, it it makes sense that I'm hoping that he goes, you know, no pun intended, but I'm hoping that he goes black suit Spidey for more than one movie. Yeah. Like the way with the vibe of everything he lost Aunt May. That was always my favorite Spider Man. Honestly, it was black suit Spider Man. But but leave out the the woman beating and the dancing this time. <laughs> No one has to dig on anything. There's no dance numbers. Like, I get that because it's Sam Raimi's, you know, sure. style directing. But let's leave that out. Let's really, let's really get black. And by that, again, I mean no pun intended. Right. Just Spider-Man develops an black, edge right, right. in a black suit. You know, it takes on a different meaning. But I'm hoping that you know, because it seems like he's going off to college. You know, that it was, does seem that way. Yeah. The only thing I wasn't able to grasp is like, how are you paying for this? 
No one knows who you are. How do you right? Who are right? Even have a job like well, right? Aunt May is dead. Yeah. You have no family. You have no, like nothing. literally. That's why he has to take the GED test because no one no, has any right. record of him. But, right. So right. Where how are but, you like, existing? How are you paying for this shit? <laughs> <laughs> are you just one of those guys that because no one you just fell through the cracks and. Right, or still dress fine. Really don't look like homeless yeah. at all. You don't look. You don't right. have to pay a first, last, and security deposit. Like right. what the fuck? Right. But uh, I did. I did love that. That you barely get a look at the new suit. That's just him. Like I was waiting for it to get to that point. Like ditches start. To, I mean, as cool as it is, you need to ditch it. That's not Spider Man. And it was no, nice no, to yeah. see him in his in the primary Toby colors. Yeah, totally. I mean it was. It was brighter than Toby. That's oh, yeah. like the brightest Spider-Man suit. That's like the blue was super that, bright. The blue was popping. Yeah, like, it was. Yeah, it was very, very bright. It, it was, definitely uh, was very shiny. But no, was, I mean, I popped for that when you, yeah. know, you saw the new suit. And all saw that. the sewing machine. That's classic Spidey. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's on his own in a shitty little apartment. Right. It felt like I was like, man. And then this you, is you look right. back at the whole thing. And you're like, man, they're really, <clears throat> they're really. It was. It's amazing that they really, within the the span of three movies, they told a whole entire origin movie. Yeah. And yeah, no. Yeah, it I, only uh, took uh, seven and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> of film time to to teach me about to show me three years of Spider Man's life or two yeah. years of Spider Man's life. Three or two or three years. <laughs> but I still I still found it entertaining. I did too, for the most part. I mean, I'm not. I like I said, I, I'm not panning it in any way, shape, or form. I'm giving it three out of three and a half puffs out of four. I'll give it three out of four. Oh, because you you did, you know, when you uh, like a for for the listeners, uh, Alan had said that he was going to see it on the last episode, and I uh, very pessimistically was <laughs> not believing that shit. And then he told me yesterday, "How dare it. you question me when I say <laughs> I'm going to do something? Since I always do what I say I'm going to do." <laughs> but he saw it. And uh, I wasn't surprised, however, when he was like, "Not a what?" I can't remember. Said it I said it wasn't. I think I said it was okay. It wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> which, which to some people seeing the movie, they'd be like, "How dare you!" But you know, everybody's allowed to have, not be impressed by something. I wasn't not impressed. I just, I you know, like I don't know. I maybe my expectations are too high. Maybe I, I and I don't. To be fair, like I'm not a director. I'm not. So I don't even know, like. I couldn't tell you what I want to see. I just know when I feel like what I saw was less than what I was anticipating. And I'm not sure I'd necessarily explain that clearer than that. But, like, I just, I don't know. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. I mean, there were certain parts that I thought were a little below what I wanted. And there were some parts that were above what I wanted. I mean, I really enjoyed the nostalgia of Tobey Maguire and and Doc Ock and I thought Willem Dafoe was great as usual as the Goblin. I didn't think that Jamie Foxx looked all that great in this particularly. I mean, he only had a couple small scenes and I didn't think that that well, was... Well, people were happy that he wasn't blue, which is like... Sure. If you've read the Ultimate comic books, then Electro in uh, the Ultimate uh, right. world, he's blue. So I thought I dug that because it was, again, it was... True to a comic book iteration, which is I'm I'm never not going to pop for if I've seen something on the panel on the sure. page and I'm seeing it on the big screen to me that's amazing because I would never imagine when I was reading right that something like that would be sure but people liked him because he was you know more of a traditional six one six Max Dillon albeit he was black so still different but sure he was still electro in human form 
And in hindsight now with the, I mean, I guess we got a lot more. I guess we got a fair amount of those. What's the reptile dude's name? Lizard. Lizard and yeah. Sandman. Yeah. But in hindsight, now that you mentioned, were those we did get significantly less of them As, than than yeah. we did screen time than we did of Doc. You got Hawk. the main three of Ock, Electro, right. and Goblin. Right, which would lend even more almost to the idea that maybe they they, they are just computer generated. That's or, what I'm thinking. Because about. then if they had been there, maybe they would have had more equal screen time. Although to be fair, I'm not sure that they're equally is. Well, as big of villains in... I mean, Doc Ock is clearly, yeah, in my opinion... The most, Doc Ock is Spider-Man's main villain. And always he gets has the most been. screen and time out of all of them. And to be fair, Alfred Molina's a genius, so I have no problem with that. I mean, I, I pop more for Alfred Molina, per se, than I do for the Doc Ock villainous character. Like, I like Alfred Molina a lot in that role. I think he's a great actor, so I'm happy to see him. Same with uh, Willem Dafoe. Like, if you had given me... Doc Ock that isn't Alfred Molina or Goblin that isn't Willem Dafoe, I wouldn't have felt the same way. Like, it has to be those guys because those guys are so good that, you know, if you had brought in somebody else to play those roles in this movie, it would have been like, what the fuck? Or you could just blamed it on Loki and been like, oh, it's a variant. Uh, yeah, but still, it still would have been like, what the fuck? Yeah, it would have been disappointing. Did you it know, been so, been so I've been reading behind the scenes things all day. I'll just say this and wrap the podcast up. Uh... Originally, the idea for these characters was just to have... I, I'm not sure if they're saying all the, the villains, like all the multiversal characters, but they were just going to... I think the two other Spider-Men were just going to appear in post credit scenes originally. Okay. Because, you know, the way production went down, Toby and Andrew didn't show up until production was halfway done. Sure. So the point where they show up is like probably legitimately where in the movie is where they show up in the production of the movie. So it's just wild to to hear that that at one point they weren't going to be in the movie as prominently. Right. As they because were. without it you definitely have a totally different I mean I can't even imagine what the film different. is like. I mean, I'm not going to say it wouldn't have been good because I don't know what it would have been, but it would have been a totally different film without the two of them. Absolutely. You know, as much as I thought that some of the Huggy brother brother yay we're all Spider-Man was a little corny and hokey, it would definitely have been a different movie without those it guys. Wasn't it wasn't as hokey as how you get to the point where two different Peter Parkers come in the universe cuz you know and you said that not many Marvel movies... I, the, the two Marvel movies that I don't like the least are uh, Doctor Strange and Thor The Dark World 2. I mean, there are different reasons. Like, I felt like Doctor Strange was flying a little too close to the sun in terms of being in a, almost a, a rip-off of Iron Man's origin movie. You know, the characters felt similar to... And I actually didn't have an appreciation for Doctor Strange until Avengers Endgame. I like, I was like oh, this Strange. guy is pretty badass. Like, I like him now, but in the beginning, I wasn't. Were you a, a fan? A Doctor Strange comic book reader? I liked the I liked the cartoon show from the nineties. But you weren't like an actual comic. I book wasn't movie. a comic book reader. Like, I know what I know of Doctor Strange is from the nineties cartoons. Sure. At the same time, Spider Man, X Men came out. Right. But uh, my dad was a big Doctor Strange reader from you know the sixties and seventies, and so he had a bunch of old comic books. So when I was younger, I read a bunch of. <laughs> I was always fascinated by my dad's comic that. books because I wasn't allowed to touch them. So every time he left the house, I'd go in the garage <laughs> and touch them. So I read a lot of Doctor, old Doctor Strange guys. So I've always been a big Doctor Strange fan. So I like him. Um, I think he's a pretty cool character. But yeah, I forgot my I forgot why my I was bad. I interrupted you. I totally cut you off. But uh, I completely forgot what I was talking about. Doctor Strange. 
That's what happens when you get stoned. That's what happens. You forget shit. Uh, well, sorry, listeners, because I knew I had a great, I had a great point. It was a genius point to make there, but I, it flew away like a, a thief in the night, stormy night, stormy night. But uh, that's been episode one hundred, where you know I think we came in at not too long. I think it's about seventy minutes long, like an hour and some change. Still shorter than. The entirety of watching all three of these things together. It's shorter than, than watching one of these things alone. Still, when when I talk to people and they're like, oh, your episodes go over an hour, like, that's a bit. I'm like, you think about it, like... This is a quarter as long as the Zack Snyder cut of Avengers, so keep that in mind. Uh, Justice League. <laughs> Justice League, sorry. Justice League, I apologize. But, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> so, we want to thank everybody for... Uh, that's right, we joke about three listeners, but for everybody that listens, we yeah. appreciate it. Anybody that turns us on and gives you, you know, us any time in their day, we appreciate it. We're... Even if you just make it past the opening fanfare <laughs> and the uh, the commercial, we still appreciate you uh, for listening, and here's to 100 episodes more. Yes, sir, yes, sir. As always, uh, in the mortal words of Ron Burgundy, keep it classy. Stuff it down with a whole lot of brown, and hey, you know, maybe if you don't have nowhere to go, just let's, you know, try not to let this evil Transformer variant, Omicron! That's right. Uh, the Optimus Prime virus is coming for you. Let's keep this motherfucker at home. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's just, we want to do, want to do stuff again, okay? So let's just... Wear your mask. Wear, everybody band together and wear a mask. Get your booster. Wear your mask. Get boosted. Get vaccinated if you're not. Get a booster to get your booster. <laughs> get a and, booster to get your booster. But get boosted. But <laughs> we'll catch you on the next episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again.